Gospel according to St. Luke. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with them were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Be seated. When I first read this gospel, I thought of my local hardware store. If you ever grew up in a small town, there was always a hardware store that had everything in a very small space. You know what I'm talking about? You could go in there and say, I need a flim flam. And they would go in some back room and come out with one that was a little dusty and stuff, but they had everything. And the reason I thought of that hardware store was because on Saturday morning, many of the men would congregate in the hardware store and just talk and tell stories and have coffee. And this one man said, you know, I think I'm going to go fishing today. I might catch some fish. And an old guy standing there said, well, if you go fishing, you might catch some fish. But if you don't go fishing, you definitely won't catch any fish. So I thought, there's the wisdom of ages. And there I lead into the gospel of today. That's what brought me to this gospel. I thought of of those fishermen. I was also thinking about my homiletics professor at seminary when I was reading this text. It was important for him to give us some insight in how we should conceptualize God. For instance, we shouldn't have in mind a Greek God. The God of the Hebrews, he would say, the God of the Hebrews, the God of the Jews is very different from the Greek God. Our God does not exist in some transcendental realm. Our God is a God who comes here and does things. Our God is a God who happens, a God who enters into our time and our history and leads us from here to there. Our God is a verb. Our God is in motion. Our God is here now, and things are going to happen. Then he would give some examples. He would opine, the story of Moses, the first great leader of the Hebrews, was nothing like Plato. 
Moses did not become a leader of the people because of his exceptional IQ. He did not think his way to divine. According to the Hebrew scriptures, this God, our God, simply showed up in the form of, get this, right? A burning bush. A burning bush? Sounds crazy, I know. And then the bush starts to speak. And this voice, purportedly, purportedly the voice of God, Yahweh pouring forth from the talking emblazoned shrubbery, told Moses this, I have observed the misery of my people. I have heard their cry. I have heard the suffering. Our God, my brothers and sisters, is here now. And things will always happen with him. This God, my professor said, could not be any more different than the universal mind of Plato. The Greek God is a God of order, a God of perfection. The Greek God has a divine and superior form in which our eyes and minds can barely imagine. Because, my brothers and sisters, our God cannot be like that. Our God came into this world, and in order to get into this world, you've got to get dirty. When you get into this world, you get grit under your fingernails. In order to get into this world, you've got to get messy. And our God is here now, and things are going to happen. And I've got good news. The Hebrew God, our God, Jesus Christ, is, mis is, is messy for sure, and God, the Father, is even messier. Our God is reckless. Our God is compassionate. Our God is passionate and pathetic, and our God is relational. This God, our God, hears the cries of the people and decides to enter their suffering. Our God is here now, and things are going to happen. Now, as the Moses story goes, this messy, empathetic, and passionate God appears to Moses and chooses him to be a leader, to tell the people that they will be set free from their misery. But then, according to the text in Exodus, and I'm paraphrasing this, Moses had the nerve to talk back to God. The gall, the temerity to talk back to God. You can't talk back to a Greek God. Only our God is relational. Moses talks back, talks back to our God because our God is here and things are going to happen. Moses, he sa says, well, supposing I go and talk to my people, on whose authority should I say sent me? In other words, burning bush, who the heck are you? And God answered, tell them that I am sent you. Or better yet, tell them I am who I am sent you. Or much more true to the Hebrew verb test, tell them I will be that which I will be sent you. Or to paraphrase even further, if you want to know who I am, 
follow me and find out. Follow me. That's my name. Because things are going to happen. Follow me, God says. Follow me. The ancient Hebrews did not sit around as Plato did and argue about whether or not God exists. We do not think our way to God. We don't have to. The Hebrews waited for this God to appear and lead them to their next place so that they could follow him, and so they did. They followed their God because things are going to happen. And so we are brought to today's gospel. Jesus had gone fishing with Simon and James and John. Gone fishing, like the song that Bing Crosby and Louis Armstrong sang. Gone fishing, there's a sign upon the door. Gone fishing, you remember that song, I could tell. Yes, it was late in the day, and Jesus was using their boats as a sermon platform. And when he had finished teaching them, he said, let's go get some fish. Simon says, essentially, it's too late in the day to fish. We never fish at this time. But when you're face to face with this God, this God who says, follow me, things are going to happen. They catch an abundance of fish, and they leave everything behind and follow Jesus because things are going to happen. And one of the things that happens all the time with this God is he gives us things in abundance, always in abundance. You remember the story of the loaves and fish, how many baskets of loaves and fish are left over. If God was a caterer, he'd have it down to the exact tea. But no, God gives us fish and food in abundance. If you want to know the kingdom of God, if you want to learn the lessons of heaven and earth, if you want a relationship with God, if you want more in abundance, leave everything you have, leave everything you have, leave your notions about God behind and follow Jesus because things are going to happen. And while I must admit that I did not leave everything I had to become a pastor. You know, I simply did not want to give up everything, if the truth be known. I don't think I have any idea what it's like to give up everything to follow Jesus. But what brings me to my knees is not the thought or the actual implementation of leaving everything behind it is the thought of the abundance of God. Furthermore, in this gospel, we're not asked to leave everything behind. In the Hebrew scriptures and in today's gospel, all we know is that we must follow our God. Because when we do, folks, things are going to happen, right? And abundance is going to happen. And that abundance will bring us to our knees it is the abundance, the abundance that compels us to follow him. The extravagant abundance poured out by a gracious God that wants us. God wants us. He wants us to follow. It was the miraculous catch of fish that was hard for Simon Peter to accept. 
confronted by a miraculous catch. This event, this holy epiphany of a gracious God, this abundance makes Simon Peter fall to his knees and implore Jesus saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. Well, that's something we all can say. Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinner. Humbled to his knees by this benevolent relational God, afraid to face the extravagant giver of abundant catch, coming to the realization that things are happening because of Jesus, because of God, Peter confesses, I am not worthy. Go away from me. I'm not worthy. Trembling and filled with fear, falling down before the Lord, Peter is struck by the fact that he is in the presence of the one who is able to push fish from the sea where there are no fish. I have to remember this the next time I go fishing because I need God to help me pull some fish out of the water. Now Peter sees God for what he is. Now Peter sees a benevolent God in front of him. There is no burning bush. This is God in the flesh looking at you. This is how God comes to us. Emmanuel, God among us. Go away from me, God, for I am a sinful man. Because the only challenge about discipleship is not leaving everything you have. Rather, it is how do I stand before God? How do I look in front of God? What can I do? How do I face this God? He is with us. How do I stand with him? Oh, Lord, I am not worthy. But he is here, and things are going to happen. And Jesus answers, do not be afraid. I am the same God of your ancestors. I am the burning bush. I am who I am, but do not be afraid. I take you as you are. I want you as you are. Come with me. I have an abundance of forgiveness. Follow me. I take you as you are. I love you as you are. We don't have to be like the Greek thinkers who think their way to God. Our God appeared and reappeared and became one of us and lived as us. Our God is not removed from place or time. He's part of the created world. Our God is the odd God, the particular God, the messy God, the historical God, the God who liberates, the God who forgives, the God of abundance the God of grace, follow me, he says, because things are going to happen. God is here, and God loves you, and so do I. Amen.